And so today is the third day, or for us, the third week of the prayers for the novena of the Eucharistic revival. And today, our blessed Lord says to us, I am the person of the Eucharist. I am the person of the Eucharist. Pope Benedict uh, XVI of Happy Memory was often, uh, often quoted as saying that our Catholic faith, that Christianity is not a religion of rules and regulations, but rather of relationship. Many people think of the faith as regulations and rules. If we simply do the moral rules, if we follow the moral boundaries that the church has set, then we're good people and we fulfill the basic tenets and the, the purpose of Christianity, which is false. Others, even Catholics, sometimes simply kind of concentrate the faith down, boil it down to the fact of if we just follow these rules, if we attend Sunday Mass, if we make confession, if we go to communion, if we do these things, then we've fulfilled our obligations. We've done what we were supposed to do. And here, too, there's a falsehood that's being addressed. Because our, our religion, our faith, is not simply rules or regulations which we are called to follow, but a person, the person of Jesus Christ. Our Lord in the Gospels never told anyone, come, follow my teachings, and I will, ha- I will give you peace. He says, follow me, and I will give you peace. Follow me, I will give rest to your soul. It's a call for us to encounter the person of Christ. He is the person of the Eucharist. Understanding this then, whenever we honor the blessed sacrament, whenever we receive communion well, that is in a state of grace and with fervor in our hearts and recollection of who it is that we receive, whenever we honor our blessed Lord by reverencing him here in the church, whenever we pass by a church, to be able to make the sign of the cross and acknowledgement of the presence of the Holy Eucharist there, we honor a person. Likewise, on the other end of things, when we do not receive communion well, when we receive him poorly, either in a state of sin or in a distracted manner or without much love within our hearts for him, whenever we do not treat our Lord in the sacrament with great love or reverence or honor, when we treat him more as a thing, an idea, a theological truth that has been told to us, we offend a person. It is for us to honor our Lord, the person of Jesus Christ, the person of the Eucharist in Holy Communion, in the Holy Eucharist at all times. It is not merely a theological belief or a catechism paragraph to which we should have devotion. These things, true though they may be, are simply there to lead us to Christ, to help us to understand him more and more, to live in communion with him, to live as he himself would live. The rules shape us and guide us. They are in so many ways the bumpers that make sure that we get down the the aisle to be able to knock down at least a few pins on the back end. This is the gift of the faith that is offered to us but always it has the goal of leading us to Christ. The liturgy, too, has a goal of leading us to meet Jesus present in the Holy Eucharist and to understand his personhood present here before us each Mass. In the traditional rites of the church, the priest was instructed during the Our Father to look at the host. And it's an interesting thing. Why would he be instructed to look at the host? Why look at Jesus Christ 
present before us in the Eucharist instead of lifting one's eyes to pray to the Father in heaven. It seems a perfect time to lift one's eyes to the heavens and to pray, Our Father. But we have to look only to the Gospels to understand a bit of why this would be the case. It was St. Philip, the Apostle, who in recognizing all the things that were taking place was still wrestling with this, the, the, the reality of the relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. And the Lord's response was simple. If I've been with you so long and you still don't know me, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. To look upon the host is to see the Father. The church knows that, instructs us to think as such, to form our minds, to form our bodies, so that our souls might be informed that it is Christ, the person who is before us. Again, not just a wonderful Eucharistic mystery, a marvelous, uh, a marvelous miracle that's before us, but a person, a who, not a what. This is also given to us in the former, uh, as the prayers of the Mass continue. Before Holy Communion, the priest has several prayers that he is instructed to pray. And they typically begin with, Lord Jesus Christ. Very often it's instructed that, that, he's, that he's bowing down, looking at the host, again, to say these prayers. He's not simply kind of praying and, you know, kind of closing his eyes, speaking to the Lord somewhere out there in the heavens. He's speaking to him here on the altar, right before his very face. And in fact, you do the same just a moment later. As the host is held up, they pray, Behold the Lamb of God. And the liturgy instructs that you, the faithful, look at the host together with the priest and say, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Again, the liturgy focusing us, not simply to kind of a, to speaking to Christ in some mystical, spiritual, interior manner, but to look him in the face. And to say, Lord, it isn't so many things to be able to, again, to utter the words of Thomas the disciple and the apostle, seeing our Lord lifted up here at Mass, my Lord and my God, to recognize that it is Jesus Christ here before us, and to think always that it is Jesus Christ. We treat relics with great care and devotion. I mean, you can go to the sister's house and you can see the, you know, some of the books and some of the claws, the, you know, the, 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 the bedspread or whatever that, that Mother Teresa used. And we keep their relics, we keep the bones and pieces of hair and, and all kinds of things. And people reverence them, they love them, this closeness to the saints. And if we can adore with great devotion and attention a piece of cloth that was touched to a saint who walked this earth, but was just the same as us, born an original sin, the same as us, if we can reverence these things without much devotion, how much more ought we to reverence our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament? Every crumb, the Council of Trent tells us, every discernible crumb of the Holy Eucharist is the true body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our God, there before us. If we can see it, it is Christ. With what reverence ought we to receive Holy Communion? That's why I encourage, this is why we use the patents to ensure that nothing falls to the floor. And it's why I encourage, if you, if you receive in the hand, to look at your hand to ensure that there's not even the smallest particle, because the smallest particle is the fullness of Christ.
with reverence and honor we ought to treat him, with what love in our hearts we ought to come to him. And is this that is given to us then, to be able time and again to come in Holy Mass and to encounter the Lord in the Eucharist, to do the thing that so many other souls would long to have seen and received. You know, our Lord Jesus in the, in the Gospels, he was, he was speaking to his disciples and speaking about the, all those who had gone before. And he says, those who had gone before, they longed to see what you see and did not see it, to hear what you hear and did not hear it. And sometimes it can, we can think for ourselves that how beautiful would it be to sit down before Jesus and see him face to face, like you and I can look at each other. How wonderful it would be to see the love in his eyes for us, to experience the hand that touches us and brings healing. How wonderful would it be? But we can say something that the people that were walking around before, during the earthly life of our Lord, we've received something that they themselves couldn't even receive. They could have the hand of the Lord placed upon them. We receive his flesh into our very body. We become united with him, not just in proximity to him. We become one with him. The most intimate moment of our lives, the moment that is most like heaven for us, is the moment we've received Holy Communion. And it's for this reason that it is right for us then, as we go back to our pew, not simply to, to pick up the bulletin or to, you know, to, to kind of think about what's, you know, what's happening in the world around us or where we're going out of, you know, after Mass or to look at who else is around here that day or, or even most offensively, simply to walk right out the door to, to go on to whatever is next for the day. It is right to return to one's pew and, and in silence, in the quiet of one's heart to speak to the Lord because he is there within, physically present within us. It's then we ought to speak to our Lord because it's then that we are most closely united with him. Again, the truths of our faith are wonderful things, but they pale in comparison to the reality of Christ himself. A wonderful example of this is the person of St. Thomas Aquinas. The image of this being detailed in the, in the, back, uh, the back of the church in the last window uh, on your right on my left uh, next to the confessional. And it's that of the, the story of St. Thomas. St. Thomas, a phenomenal mind, one of the brightest minds the world has ever seen. His works that were written some 700 years ago are still one of the basic textbooks in seminary today. When I got to the seminary, I got a summa from St. Thomas, the Catechism of the Catholic Church and a Bible, and said... Pretty much every class you have will need these three things. He is fundamental, essential in so many things, understanding of our Catholic faith. But he, at the end of his earthly life, our Lord revealed himself to him. Our Lord appeared to him and he said, Thomas, you've written well of me. What would you have in return? So many things one could ask. And Thomas's response is instructive for us. Nil nisite, nothing but you, Lord. Nothing but you. What Thomas understood then and continued to tell others was that he understood that as rich as his teachings were, as rich as his understanding and his theological explanation and philosophical grounding of all the things that our Lord had given to us, as much as the richness of his spiritual commentaries on the Gospels and the New Testament and so many things had provided such rich spiritual food for souls, 
He knew that all of it was straw in comparison to the real thing. The rich things that he was saying, these profound insights, these things that help us to understand something of the mind of God, they are as good as stuff for animals to walk on, lay on, and chew in comparison to the person of Jesus Christ. And it's that, Lord, that we get to receive week after week in Holy Communion. It's that, Lord, who rightly deserves for us to honor him, to love him with all of our heart, and to do whatever it is that we can to draw close to him and to stay close to him. And so we pray the grace today, especially, to see Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, to recognize that Holy Communion is not an encounter with a what, but with a who. It is a foretaste of heaven and to fill our souls with holy joy each time we approach the holy altar. And so our Lord says to us on this third day of our novena, I am the person of the Eucharist. I'm the mystery and the gift of the blessed sacrament, but even deeper than that, I am the person of the Eucharist. You are a person created in my own image and likeness. You are a person, and so am I. When you offend me, you offend a person. When you honor me, you honor a person. Remember, I loved you first. When you enter my real presence in the Eucharist, approach me worthily by offering me your whole heart, a heart swollen with gratitude. Though you are adoring me, I'm infinitely more in love with you. Could you offer me an affection surpassing the love I offer to you? Bring to my Eucharistic heart this day all your longings to be loved and the wounds that others have inflicted upon you in their betrayal or disrespect of you. I am the fount of love, and what you are seeking is me, whether you perceive it or not. I know you thirst to be appreciated and loved, for I too thirst. Let my pierced heart offer you the consolation you desire. Ask yourself whether there is any sorrow like my sorrow. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.